like this episode and want to hear more amazing mindful content, download the Headspace app for free. Hey, it's Malika Rao, and this is our second mini episode, one of our interludes this season where we drop you directly into another world for a moment. Before that happens, I want to share a memory, or really a class of memories, among the earliest I have. They're of my mom and dad holding me, patting me on the back, and singing. Our lullabies weren't the ones you might think of. There was the Bollywood classic, Cubby Cubby, which both my parents sang, my mom in her slightly off-key voice. There was a song in their language, Kannada, about a girl and her cat. The songs formed a world we all lived inside of, briefly. The world wasn't innocent, exactly. There was heartbreak in them, confusion, and even glamour. But that complexity might be why I felt so bonded. The songs connected me to my parents' past and to a shared sense of reality, to a future. Their simple act of showing care through singing bonded us too. Decades later, when I think of those songs, I access a deep and special well of emotion. The act of lulling a child to sleep through song is a tradition with long and complex roots. So as far as we can guess, lullabies are as old as parenting. The oldest written down lullaby dates from about 2000 BC in ancient Babylonia, and it's a mother telling her baby that his crying is waking up the house god who protects the home. And and I really like it because it's an example of how lullabies don't always contain just positive platitudes. Lullabies can also contain the real frustration of parenting and trying almost trying to like trick your child into falling asleep by feeling like uh, you know it's safer to go to sleep. Emily Egan is a musician teacher, and one of the artists involved in the Lullaby Project. The program was started by Carnegie Hall, and it's helped new moms and dads, some with hard paths to parenthood, ease into that stage of life through this special type of song. Emily was a part of the first group of musicians sent by Carnegie to Jacoby Medical Center in the Bronx when the project began in 2011. About two years ago, a woman named Ashley Pacheco showed up at the hospital. She was six months pregnant and was there for an important checkup. I'll let her tell the rest. It was actually supposed to be the best day. It was the day I was finding out if I was going to have a girl or a boy. And they normally always start with the measurements to make sure the baby has, you know, everything that the baby should have. And she started to slow down during the sonogram. So I kind of knew something was already wrong automatically because I always had this technician and it was just the look on her face that I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what they were going to come back and say. So when she came back, She was telling me that he had a missing piece of brain and it was the lining that kept us from knowing like what your left side and right side does. 
and they wasn't sure if his brain was going to continue to grow and I was going to have a 50-50 chance of my son to even make it to birth. So I had to make a decision if I was going to keep him or not. It was a very hard time. You know, you're at an appointment not knowing what is happening to your child. You, you, you just hear doctors saying bad things all morning. And then you have this lady that comes up to you. She used to walk around in the clinic asking people, um, do you want to write a lullaby? We're doing a project. Do you want to be a part of it? And I kept on being so hesitated because I was in the middle of appointments. I didn't want to be bothered. Like, my mind was just going and going. Like, I didn't know how to handle anybody. Like, you came to talk to me, I was going to be nasty. And she came, she asked me, and I was like, no, not right now. And then she was like, no, come try, just try. And I was like, shh. This lady is not going to stop until I get up and go with her. Just get up, go with her, see what she's going to do. And if you don't like it, you could go. One of the most central ideas that we use in Lullaby to help people create the lullaby is just to ask them to write a letter. And the letter can say, Dear Baby, or Dear the Baby's Name. And then we ask the parents what their hopes and dreams are for their child. And we say, imagine that when your child is 20, they find this letter. What do you really, really want that letter to say? It's funny because in sleep, we think about dreams as the thing that happens in your when you go to bed, you know. But in Lullaby, we also think about dreams for the future. Like the really big dreams that you have for your child, putting all of that into the letter. That, that tends to just give that the full breath of what it's going to mean for you to be a parent to the child. The people from the Lullaby Project, they were the sweetest three people I ever met. And they give you a booklet. And in the booklet, it's words that you want to write down that you want to say to your child. So I basically wrote a letter to him if he wasn't going to make it. And then I wrote a poem saying how he was still a fighter because he kicked all the time. There was not one day that this boy wasn't sending me to the hospital with contractions. And that's how the title came about, Fighter Like Your Mother. I just wanted something that was sweet. And I just wanted it to be as soft as possible. But she had this ukulele that she was playing and... The rhythm that she was just playing just stuck in my head. You're a fighter like your mother. You are powerful and great. Every heartbeat makes us stronger. It grows our faith. You're a fighter like your mother. You are powerful and great. Every breath you take inside me. Proves our fate. Months are almost over. Many heartbeats, many kicks. Overcoming all the bumps, you proved them wrong all along. That's the part where we had to stop because I was literally in tears. <laughs> 
the middle of it, you hear that we're singing together and then mine just slowly graduates away. I was emotional. I, I, I was very emotional because it was a song that I was writing for him, but I wasn't sure if he will ever be able to hear it. But I always knew, like, even writing this song, I even if he didn't make it, I still had something that was a part of him. So writing the song became more of, I know you might not make it, but this is still going to be a part of me after if you don't make it. Like, I'm able to play it for myself and know you're the reason why I wrote it. First, after the demo, I I didn't really want to play it. I loved what it came out to be, but having that feeling of not knowing, I just wanted to keep the song to myself. So my other son was the one that kind of got me to like, no mom, he's going to hear this song. So it, it became a... Uh, a routine to, to play it in the house to reassure that everything was okay. Lullabies provide a connection for the parent in a, a way that's so almost natural we don't even think about it. Inside a lullaby are all these really intricate and sophisticated things that do things to support parenting, actually. And a lullaby has the ability to help with a transition Isaac, he was born in October. So he was about two months, two and a half months by the time I got the full music lullaby together. So at that time, I would play it. Once I got it, I started playing for him at nighttime. And that was the only way he would fall asleep because he would fall asleep with the TV. And it was like, no, I, I can't sleep that way. So then we started playing the lullabies for him and he would just go straight to sleep the moment that I played it. You can use a lullaby to start off at one energy level and change the way you use your voice, change the pitch, change the speed, and use it as a way to help your baby fall asleep. And I love this term, it's called mother ease. It's this idea that as parents, we use a little bit of a different voice. When we're talking to children, we, we go up a little higher. It's slightly singier. There's something that, and people can call it baby talk, but it actually is a really, really important part of parenting that you know how to use tones for children who are pre-verbal. You can still use your voice in a way that sends really important messages to them about emotion. Ashley, I am Tiffany Ortiz. I am the director of early childhood programs at Carnegie Hall. So we really love your song. We would be really excited to record it professionally. We would get other musicians involved and we'd love to feature it in our, our June celebration concert. What do you what do you think about that? Wow. It was like the biggest birthday gift to me 
to see my song being picked and then played by musicians that been playing for so long and they just was able to take my song and a demo that we did and add on to it so when i walked in they were actually in the middle of playing another person's song and that's when it hit me like you're here to hear your lullaby like you ready for this like don't cry like you got this like we a big girl now so and that's exactly how i felt walking in there it was just like okay you you about to hear your song in a whole different way of how you you had it you're a fighter like your mother you are powerful and great every heartbeat makes us stronger our faith you're a fighter like your mother you are powerful and great every breath you take inside me proves our faith once are almost over many heartbeats many kicks overcome and all the bumps you prove them was holding back so many tears like i i, I didn't want to be the only one in that studio crying like everybody was happy everybody was good and i had held those tears in until i got home once i got home i was break down crying and not a, not a sad cry it, it was a happy cry like even my grandmother was like you just came from carnegie hall why are you crying and i was like nanny cuz it was so pretty like especially the music at the end where is like no words at all it's just the melody that is playing that it really hit me where is like i have a lullaby you're a fighter like your mother you are powerful and great every breath you take inside me proves of the lullaby actually helped me out of my postpartum. Um after he was born, I had a lot of doctor's appointments. I was in the hospital maybe four times a week and it was just so overwhelming. Um and then when he was about a month right before Christmas, he was hospitalized and I just played the lullaby and it it got me out of a dark place like i was really really it was hard for me and there was times where i will see the doctor and tell them like i can't do this no more like i'm done and he was like no you were a good mom like get it together what's wrong with you and i would just play the lullaby and it just reassured me that no matter what bad goes on there's always a brighter outcome to get you to where you need to be
Hibernation is brought to you by Headspace Studios in partnership with Spoke Media. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and follow us in Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Our show is written and hosted by me, Malika Rao. We're produced by senior producer James Kim, with help from myself, Erica Huang, Brigham Mosley, Damira Pierre, and research by Hannah Ray Montgomery. Our coordinating producer is Sharita Lynn Salas. Original music and sound design by Erica Huang, with engineering by ABF Creative. Additional music from FirstCom. Our spoke executive producers are Keisha T.K. Dutis with Keith Reynolds and Aaliyah Tavakolian. Our Headspace executive producers are Leah Sutherland with Morgan Seltzer and Sam Rogaway. Special thanks to the folks you heard from today, Ashley Pacheco, Emily Egan, and Tiffany Ortiz. 